Welcome back to the United Pubcast. Manchester United 1, Brentford 0. Man United back into the top four. After what seems, I wouldn't call it a bit of a mini crisis, but in terms of the reaction around Manchester United at the moment, it was a bit doom and gloom. So very important to get bounced back with all three points and ultimately against, I know it's Brentford in terms of the name, but Brentford are a good team. Obviously got some big results this season, smashed us 4-0 earlier in the season. So all things considered, bouncing back with a 1-0 victory um, at home, getting back so-called to winning ways and into the top four. Um, Larry, it's 7 o'clock in the morning here on a Thursday. Um, good way to start the morning. Yeah, absolutely, Tom. The, the most pleasing aspect of that performance, it was the most dominant 1-0 win you could ask for. I think Manchester United on another day, and maybe if the confidence is a bit higher, go on to score two, three goals. Um, so not perfect performance, but I, I like that we maintain control. You, you never felt like the result was really in doubt. Maybe not in the way sort of the, the second half unfolded in regards to, okay, 1-0 win one team going or one nil sort of lead one team going for it pushing on a little bit more so naturally Manchester United defended a little bit more but just in the balance of the play and especially that first um, first half look it wasn't our greatest performance of the season far from it but I think Eric Ten Hag would probably be very happy with that performance especially in the first half now yes in, in terms of the way we want to view football at Old Trafford in terms of that excitement and goals sort of fast line football year, we play one a little bit more, of course, especially at home to a team like Brentford. But I think in terms of Eric Ten Hag's vision in, in three, four, five years' time, what he wants his team to perform like, I think very much in terms of the same prototype of what we saw in that first half. Now, yes, obviously you want to sort of increase the quality and output, of course. But just in regards to that control and the areas we'll get it into, it seemed, yeah, what Manchester United Brentford should look like. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I've got to say it was a... The midfield performance, I was quite surprised that he rolled with McTominay and Sabitza uh, together again. Yeah. I thought, given the performance uh, in the last match against Newcastle, I thought he would have tried to start Fred. Um, and, and that's what we kind of mentioned on our preview, didn't we? But um, yeah, and credit to both those players. I thought McTominay kept it simple. I think Sabitza was the more advanced of the two, interestingly enough, today. Um, I thought McTominay was the more tucked in player. Um, I think that's I, always been the case, except for the last game, except for Newcastle. Yeah. It's always been that case. So Agreed, I think it was but, a re return to norm. But but the back four and the Manchester United's vulnerability on the transition was more solid. Um, so that, that has, and again, some credit to go to McTominay there because I think obviously we've said Casemiro, the the difference in performance when he's in the six compared to others. I think McTominay actually brings that chasm down a little bit. Defensively um, and, and, in the second half, he was very good defensively. Yeah, he was. I thought I thought McTominay played really well. I, I, when he keeps his game simple and he just does his job, he can have a really positive influence. And I think the Scotsman absolutely did that today. Definitely. Well, we'll get in a 3-2-1s in a little bit. Very hard because obviously Rashford score a winner. We'll, we'll sort of address everyone in the live chat. Um, good to see you. In terms of Rashford, Chris, good to see you, mate. Marcus Rashford, big goal. Mike, good to see you, mate. Morning, lads. I do agree about the dominance in the first half, but I do think we let them back into the game in the second half, especially after they changed formation. No doubt Brentford did get into the game, and whether that was Brentford playing well or Manchester United sitting off for a little bit of both, I'm not sure. I'm sure there were nerves in regards to Manchester United, in regards to sort of, geez, we can't lose this, in regards to they're obviously looking at the table as much as they say, oh, we're only focused on the game, one game at a time. There's no doubt they're human. They're looking at the table and they think, bloody hell, this is a very important three points. So, um, 
Yeah, Brentford did get another game in the second half. Uh, but again, I don't know whether that's a criticism of United or something to praise Brentford with, but it doesn't matter because Man United did get the result done. Um, George, good to see you. Morning all. Rashford, the saviour, where these goals are going to come from. If we didn't have Rashford, completely agree. Hopefully, well, not hopefully, the answer is probably £100 million in the transfer market somewhere else. That is a discussion for another day. Shane, good mate of ours, our Newcastle fan. <laughs> Big win for Newcastle. <laughs> I was thinking maybe after the, the the high they had during the week um, on the weekend, maybe that sort of come crashing back down to earth. But um, they kicked on absolutely smashing West Ham and West Ham. I don't know where they sit on the table. But that's a big defeat for them. So um, maybe they can start blowing their bubbles in the championship. And Adam, good to see you, mate. Brilliant result. Brentford had only lost one game in the last six. Yeah, well, Brentford, you have to take away the name Brentford in terms of the way we view <laughs> Manchester United. Brentford, I go three 0 well, no, Brentford are a very good team in terms of that. They played very well at the Eddie had earlier in the season. I think they got a 2-0 win there. And um, look, they beat us 4-0, for God's sake. So a very good team. And Rob, good to see you, mate. As always, um, such an important result. Let's go on another run and secure top four. That's what's needed now. Um, okay, we've got Everton on the weekend. You can't go beat Brentford and then drop points to Everton. Um, very important week for Manchester United. And ultimately, Larry, before the match, we were confident. And um, does this sort of give you sort of confidence amongst the players in regards to... Last season, if we lost away at Newcastle, we'd think, oh, God, the next game, we're going to drop points. These players aren't up for it. But suddenly it was full-time against Newcastle. We lost 2-0, huge disappointment. But our first reaction or our initial sort of gut feeling is, yeah, well, I back this team to bounce back against Brentford. And ultimately they did. So is that something just sort of standard as a Manchester United fan you'd like you should expect? Or is it something worth sort of, sort of praising the players for? Look, you can't go into any game thinking that you have the right to win. Obviously, we've seen that time and time again. Brentford at the start of the season, Tom, I think any any of us would have said, oh, it's all right, we'll, we'll go to Brentford and we'll, we'll smack them. They smacked us. You can't expect that. Ultimately, and again, because the confidence, this game was so big and, you know, I made a point of saying it was must win. And the reason I felt it was must win was because if Manchester United lost this game, what it does for the confidence and the psychological nature of the players heading into the back end of the season. Thing. that's why it was massive so I, I think there was a lot of what the biggest most pleasing aspect and I get, let's give some credit to Eric Ten Hag here because if this was under Ralph Rennick or Solskjaer I think this group of players would have capitulated today I think they would have lost that game and that's been the improvement between last season and this season we've saw we've seen this group of players time and time again this season with the ability to bounce back after a poor result and uh, we've continued in that vein of form. We saw it when we lost, obviously, the, the comprehensive hammering at the hands of Liverpool. We bounced back against Real Betis, and we've seen it again today, which is really pleasing to see. Psychologically, you say there, is it now ultimately, yes, you would like to go and win 4-0, 5-0, 6-0. You want to score as many goals on players, good a football as you can. But psychologically, just in the way you look at tables, you know, the way you look at the score sheet, would Eric Ten Hag potentially be looking at a 1-0 win? It's kind of more pleasing in regards to, okay, dominant performance, go get your goal. Then ultimately that resilience and sort of discipline to keep a clean sheet is almost more important than going sort of playing great football and winning 4-0. Yeah, absolutely. I think keeping a clean sheet is the most pleasing aspect of this performance. You and I, when we did our preview, said keeping a clean sheet, we don't really anticipate that just given the frailties we saw against Newcastle. So to keep a clean sheet is the most pleasing aspect. I think if you can not concede goals or if you manage to not concede goals you put less pressure on your attackers when you're yeah i think i remember sir alex ferguson's last season in charge time and it was a weird title winning season for the first for the first quarter or the first third of that season if you were if you can recall manchester united came from behind in a and it was some sort of record in terms of a, a title winning side 
and we managed to do it. We did nothing but win games 4-3, 3-2, 5-4. It was just it was a crazy season. It was a crazy season, but the, the reality is, particularly now, because I think a lot of managers have there's such an onus on tactical setup and transitions and so forth. And, and I think if you can if you put that sort of pressure on your team, you're really not setting yourself up for success. And uh, again, if you look at Manchester United's goal difference, we're not a highest goal scoring side uh, in terms of the Premier League, at least in comparison with others in the top four race. So. Um, I think if if you're Eric Ten Hag, you absolutely want to build from the back. Well, building from the back, that is my next point. So um, in the comments, get all your thoughts in regards to individuals. Any topics you do want to discuss, let us know and we'll get cracking on those. And if you are tuned in, please do leave a like on the video. You're holding your phone as we speak. Just click like. Very, very quick and very free. And I'm very much appreciated. But building from the back, Larry. Clean sheet for David De Gea. Now I'm not going to go in on David Drea because I think he was fine. It had absolutely nothing to do with the goal. Well, fine performance by the Brentford goalkeeper. But if you listen to Twitter, and I don't disagree, but if you do listen to Twitter, he's the answer. He's going to take Manchester United to the Premier League over David De Gea. Playing out from the back, David Drea is obviously better than David De Gea, of course. My God, some of the passes David Drea was doing, if that was David De Gea, um, there'd be a far different discussion. Now, I'm not saying David Hay was brilliant in playing out from the back, but my God, David Ray, Ray was fine. Absolutely fine. But two or three misplaced passes, you could imagine the reaction if it was David De Gea. So ultimately, in regards to a goalkeeping audition, um, I wouldn't, neither of them had a bad game or a good game. Was, neither had sort of much to do. But ultimately, um, in terms of an audition, De Gea didn't sort of hurt himself up against a potential direct, direct rival. Yeah, I, I think the same way we look at our own players and say you can't judge a player off one performance, I think the same principle has to apply when you're thinking of transfer targets. You know, players shouldn't be expected to come to Old Trafford and influence. And uh, particularly when you're a goalkeeper, I mean, goalkeeper, yeah. you're a moment, you're literally a moment's position. And that's you're going to make a critical save or you'll make a brilliant pass. Anything outside of that, it's just doing the status quo. So, um, I, and I know you're not saying that, but. Um, I think we just need to be careful as a fan base of judging players too quickly based on, oh, well, they, they didn't influence the game at Old Trafford. Well, yeah. it's difficult to influence a game at Old Trafford, and as it should be. So I'm not going to judge David Ray. And if I, I've got to be honest, Tom, if, if that is a target that Eric Ten Hag wants to bring in in the summer, I'm all for it because I've seen enough of David Ray. He, he would allow, and again, you look at the players in front of him. He'd have the likes of Lissandro yeah. Martinez and... Rafael Varane, and it just it evolves your own performance. You, you pay with. If, if for me, it's not a criticism of Ray. Very Ten Hag thinks he's the man. He thinks he's the man. I welcome him with open arms to Manchester United. But I just think, in regards to the criticism David De Gea's got, I think he did okay today. And again, not not hugely tested, but um, it's not David De Gea's game. So for him to adapt, we always ask these players to do their best and sort of want the best. And David De Gea could easily sit there and say, "No, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to launch it." We we sat here saying we're going to launch it long. They didn't. Obviously, at times we did. But um, David De Gea is trying to adapt his game to sort of save his Man United career because he wants to stay. And ultimately, we want players who want to be here. So I, I just think David De Gea, after this performance, not, not in regards to three two ones or anything, but just deserves maybe a little bit of credit because um, I think a lot of people, unfortunately Manchester United fans included, crazily, wanted him to fail today. So they could see, okay, Brentford won with David Ray, we lost with David De Gea. I think that was sort of in everyone's sort of drafted tweets on before the game, ready to post it full time. So I hope they can go... Unfortunately, delete all those, but um, one or two more comments before we do crack on. Just all back to front, we'll go through individual performances, then the game, and then obviously wrap up with the 3 2 ones. But um, SJ here, I thought Anthony had a huge first half. Everything good went through him, including the goal. He even crossed on his right foot. If only hit the target, 
if only he hit the target with one of his many shots. Yeah, cut in a few times. You think, yeah, one of them, I think ultimately that is Anthony. Those two or three shots are sort of going to go wide today. The other ones that we sort of remember that go into the top corner, that is the price you pay. Um, he is going to have those moments of frustration or maybe could do a little bit better. Then ultimately he will do better in a week or two's time. Um, that, that's what we will get with Anthony. But yeah, the last two games, I think Anthony has been a bright spark. I think he's sort of potentially not adding, yeah, I'd say adding to his game a little bit. So um, keep that going. Anthony's doing really well. And Rob saying, I really like Anthony, just wish he'd cross the ball a little bit more as a winger. Yeah. I completely agree in terms of is that his game? Probably not, but it is obviously something he does need to add to his repertoire. But Larry, anything else in regards to sort of individuals you before three two ones, but any individuals you do want to highlight? Obviously, Marcus Rashford got the start through the middle over Anthony Martial. Again, maybe that's just down, I assume it has to be down to a fitness thing in regards to sort of monitoring the comeback. But um, dropped Vegkost, um, played Rashford through the middle and Jaden Sancho out on the left. Um, there was the Bit of a surprise in midfield, as we said, in terms of Fred didn't get the start over McTominay. And at the back, um, I said, um, I think Rob put in the chat as well, um, I forget who put in, in regards to Luke Shaw, Mike here saying, hope Luke Shaw isn't too, um, isn't injured too much. Look, definitely sort of precautionary. But um, going through back to front individually, um, talk, any, talk to me about any players that spring to mind. I liked Anthony's performance, Tom. I, I, I think... Again, with wide players, you have to allow for the occasional error and you have to allow for a degree of frustration because the thing is when you're taking on a player one-on-one, it's going one way or the other. You're either getting past him or they're getting the ball. Simple as that, yeah? And the thing is, if I look at Anthony's performance today and the the, the pleasing aspect of his performance today was uh, when he went one-on-one and he lost the ball, but what I liked about it, he dribbled direct. He didn't look to cut back in off the left. He didn't slow it down. He went direct. And then he got double teamed and he lost the ball. That's fair enough. But I like that there was a a precision and an intensity about what he was trying to achieve. The other pleasing aspect was he crossed with his right foot. Mm. He crossed with his right foot today. Lo and behold, he found a way to use it. Um, And again, it wasn't the world's best cross, but it led to a chance. And Mm. and it was McTominay's uh, shot, which easily could have ended up in a goal. But it just shows that if Anthony is starts to mix up his game a little bit. So, that, oh, hold on. He's not always just going to chop off the inside yeah. his left foot. That's all he needs to do. You add that touch of variety, you're brilliant on your left foot. You create that bit of doubt with a defender, he's going to create much more opportunity for himself and for his teammates. So really pleased with his performance. Not brilliant, of course, but um, I thought it was um, – I'm seeing some really positive signs. I think he's starting to finally grow into the player he needs to be. It's comment here, Chris. I forget there was a decision which went well in our favour. One of the Brentford players got a yellow card for a great tackle. Not even a great tackle, just kicking the ball against Bruno Fernandes. And Bruno Fernandes went down and, um, yeah, Brentford got a yellow. So the ref was dead sent against United. I thought the yellow for sure was bullshit. Um, I forget the yellow on Luke Shaw. Um, I did. I remember he did get booked. Um, I forget if it was a bad decision or not. I didn't really think of the referee in that game, so maybe that's sign, in my opinion, of a good performance by the referee. But thank God, um, didn't cost us a game or anything. Just in regards to the balance of play, Rob brings up here Sabitza. Obviously, got the assist from memory. I think he got in the knockdown. I don't think the defender knocked it down. I think it was Sabitza. Correct me if I'm wrong, but thought it was very good today. Just in regards to that midfield combination, because I think we said whatever the combination is, it's probably not going to be McTominay and Sabitza because the last two times it probably hasn't worked. So he's going to change that up. But Eric Ten Hag did stick with it. And sort of our perception of the game, and I think correctly so, was that we controlled the game. It was, it was a good performance. 
Now, ultimately, you're not, not going to have a good control and performance um, if your two midfielders aren't playing well. So ultimately, in regards to Sabitzer and McTominay and just the combination, now, obviously, we're not going to compare it to Ericsson and Casemiro, etc. And obviously, it's not the future. But just their sort of performances collectively um, in regards to the balance of that midfield because so many people and big accounts on here will say, and, and Eric tonight, and right, rightfully so to a degree, that midfield is where you win and lose the game. Well, today we won the game and two of those midfielders were McTominay and Sabitza. So just collectively in regards to midfield, um, how that combination worked. I liked it. And I think, again, credit to Eric Ten Hag, because I think most people would have said, we need to rotate this midfield. We need to put Fred in or... And it's difficult because let's not forget when you, I would like to challenge anyone, even Manchester City, take their two best central midfielders out of their team and see how they perform. Mm. Take Kevin De Bruyne and Rodri out of Manchester City. I guarantee the level of performance won't be the same. And, and that's the thing. I think if you take Casemiro and Eriksen, who are our first choice midfielders, they're not available. And I, I don't think enough credit to Ten Hag because he doesn't complain, but I think he's done really well to get a tune out of the players available to him. Um, and I think we'll be in good stead for when those two players are back. And if we are following the news, it looks like Casemiro and Eriksen may both be available as early as next week to play together. So that's a well, really... Well, Rob brings up the point here. We'd really love to see Eriksen in the squad for the weekend. It does look, again, he'd be definitely on the bench in regards the before he plays. But um, yeah, you'd love to see it. Um, obviously back in training. I'm not sure if training photos have come out, but obviously we have reports that he's at training. But be great to see Eriksen, not just for the quality he brings, but just the option, just an extra body, okay? Well, it's 70 minutes and there's someone someone needs a rest, okay, you bring on another player for 20 minutes. At the moment, we don't really have that. There's only sort of one central midfielder on the bench at a time. Where if Casemiro and Eriksen return, or suddenly you have Fred and McTominay and Sabitzer on the bench, you have three options to come on and change things. So regardless of the quality, just the sheer numbers is why it's so important for these players to come back. But um, before 3 2 ones, Larry, um, any sort of talking points of the actual match in regards to any incidents? It was quite a... As I said, we're quite happy with it or very, very happy with it. But ultimately, um, it's not a match we'll be sort of writing home about it at the end of the season. It will be quickly forgotten about, um, quite sort of run of the mill. But um, any talking points or the refereeing decisions or sort of moments? Uh, moments. Nothing of note, to be honest. I know, look, I know people have said the referee's performance was poor. When, when I look at a referee's performance, Tom, unless it's clearly and obviously impacting the result, I don't really take too much notice. I think the standard of refereeing is quite poor in the Premier League in general, um, but it really wouldn't be fair to kind of highlight that. Uh, in terms of individuals um, and moments, key moments in the match, I really didn't see any. Um, I would have liked McTominay to have scored that goal because I thought it would have been awesome for him. But uh, nonetheless, um, I don't really, I don't, I don't recall any key moments of note. Um, how about yourself? There's a key moment, not not a key moment. Just a, as a fan, you're watching. I, I like that. There was a big big tackle by Lissandra Martinez on Ivan Tony. Uh, up in the offensive third, up right on the sideline, just went straight through him. And it was just, I like that. Like, it was a foul. It was actually, a, if it went to VAR for yellow cards, I think he would have got a yellow card. Tony didn't react too kindly to it. It was a naughty challenge by Lissandro Martinez. But when we do it, I absolutely love that. And I think that was a big moment in regards to, okay, you're not, you're not getting past me today. And I thought Lissandro Martinez and Rafael Ron were heavily tested today. I thought Brentford had one or two bright moments. 
and um, got the better for, better for um, of Martinez and Varane at times. But ultimately, I think our their reaction and their sort of ability to get back and save the situation um, was a credit to them. So we'll get in the three two ones. So get your comments in in regard to the hard one this one with three two one. So get all your thoughts in. Rob going early with some bits for three points, Rashford for two, and Scott McTominay for one. I think Scott McTominay's in with a shout for one point at the end in terms of his contribution defensively. So I'll get onto that. But in regards to three points, so obviously match winner by Marcus Rashford. Sabitza, I don't know if from maybe if I go back and watch the match and tactically maybe Sabitza has had a huge influence. I wouldn't disagree with Rob, but not, not someone who stood out for me. Maybe he did though. I have to listen to Eric Ten Hag's comments. Rashford obviously with a match winner. As I said, I thought sometimes they got the better of Lissandro Martinez, but I just thought in certain moments and sort of when he's sort of engaged in sort of tackling and that, I thought Lissandro Martinez was very good. Um, three points is a tough one, Larry. Three points is a tough one. Who was our best? I thought player? Diego Delo in the first half, I thought was involved in making making things happen, maybe not having the quality, but I thought yeah. he looked quite bright. Rashford scores, and I think at the end of the day, it's a 1-0 win. I would I would go Rashford. I didn't think his overall performance was brilliant, but he looked dangerous, particularly in that yeah. first half in the wide areas. Um, yeah, Rashford's the difference. If Rashford doesn't play, do we win the game? Yeah. Let me no, that, that. that's, a, that's a definite shout, and it's very sort of easy and lazy of us at times to say that. So, so when David De Gea saves a shot, or if De Gea wasn't there, what would have happened? Well, another goalkeeper would have been there. Maybe he would have made the save. If Rashford wasn't there, well, someone else would have been playing on that up front someone else might have scored the goal it's a bit very easy for us to say but ultimately it's very sort of accurate i think in terms of just the feeling around if that was veghorst not rashford playing do we get that maybe win three nil maybe the play links up differently and we create different chances but really yeah, without rashford there through the middle and um you know who deserves two points lissandro martinez i thought he was really good that, that's what I was, I was saying. I thought once or twice in regards to maybe standout moments, they got past him, or maybe Ivan Tony sort of wouldn't say bullied him, but just physically got the better of him at times. But in terms of the overall sort of, let's say, recovering from sort of tough situations, I thought the Sandra Martinez was very good. And um, ultimately, as I said, that tackle late in the game in terms of putting one through him it had no impact on the result. But just as Manchester United fans, you want to see, okay, it was a nothing incident in regards to he could go back and jog into position and shape up and get a breather, or he'd go through go through the op- opponent's striker and sort of leave his mark on him. And really, does that have an impact on the match? No, but as a fan, that's exactly what you want to see. You want to see players literally fighting for the badge. Yeah, no, 100%. And look, it, it wasn't a faultless performance, but I don't think any player was faultless um well Sabitza was good too like that's the thing I thought Sabitza deserves a shout he, he looked he looked good Sabitza McTominay I think a definitely shout McTominay I think absolutely deserves points but I look I at think, Sabitza, I think his contribution at the end in regards to potentially okay one nil we're sitting yeah. off a little bit one or two big blocks now if those blocks sometimes maybe the shot wasn't going to go in but ultimately he had to do that um job in front so I would be looking for McTominay for a point um uh, just to sort of get some type of positivity around him my god he needs it at the moment but in regards to okay, Rashford, three points, McTominay, one. So that leaves it up for discussion in regards to Sabitzer and Lissandro Martinez. I'll Personally, for me to give Sabitzer points, I'll probably have to go back and watch the match. Now, I'm sure he has had a very positive... He's not got the assist, though. Um, big impact in regards to that. So ultimately, maybe the midfield combination is worthy of points. But um, just the eye test for me, I did like what I see from Lissandro Martinez. But uh, Rob has gone three for Sabitzer. You've uh, mentioned he had a good performance. And ultimately, we have mentioned the importance of Rashford's goal. Um, it doesn't happen without some bits as a knockdown. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Look, um, I would, 
In terms of the context of the game, I, I think Rashford, because obviously he, he scores the goal, he's the point of difference, Tom. And then obviously when you're talking two and one point, um, I, I'd be going between Martinez and uh, and McTominay. I, I think it's interesting. I, I wonder, do is it in terms of the eye test that when we're giving defenders points, we we, center, we tend to lead towards uh, Lissandro Martinez, but he's always partnered yeah. with Rafael Varane. And I just wonder, are we being a bit unfair to the Frenchman? Is... is is Varane the calming influence that maybe Rio Ferdinand was? It's, and a, it's, it's Rio Ferdinand Vidic. Who's, who has the better... If you had to sit down and watch a five-minute highlight package, who would you rather watch, Vidic or Ferdinand? Vidic has tackles, there's blood flying, there's elbows. He's more engaging. It's more exciting to watch. Rio Ferdinand, in my opinion, was a little bit better. Now, two different things. Varane, I think, is a better defender than Lissandro Martinez. Who do you enjoy watching more in terms of the spectacle and the excitement? It's Lissandro Martinez. His arm um, is all action. Well, that's the thing. I think looking at it, and in terms of stats, Martinez is in there, but I suppose he's the more progressive defender. He's, he's the one who comes forward while Varane tucks. And I wonder, actually, Varane didn't get outdone by Tony, um, but Martinez yeah. did. So I wonder, is there is there a case where actually we should be giving points to the Frenchman? Because he didn't put a foot wrong, whereas Lissandro Martinez is in the heart of the action, but he also did get bullied a couple of times, so... Uh, I think I think that that's a, worth a consideration at the very least. Yeah, look, it's valid. I think in regards to sort of that um, sort of influence and analysis of the game, you'd probably have to go back and sort of give it a detailed watch and sort of knowing, knowing the result and sort of having a sort of different sort of set of eyes on it in regards to the emotion. Obviously, what, what are we, 20 minutes after full time? It's hard to sort of have that detailed analysis. So in regards to if we can't split Martinez and Varane, because you do make a good point there, in regards to off the back, and again, we have to isolate the performance, of course, in regards to if it's good enough or not good enough, but in regards to off the back of Newcastle, in regards to McTominay and Sabitza not quite working, although both, yeah, had a good game. Sabitza obviously had a big influence on the match with the assist, but ultimately a, a solid performance as well. And I think defensively, um, before the ball got to Martinez of around a lot of the times, it was the Scotsman um, putting his body on the line in that second half. So me personally, I would be going Rashford three and off the back of just that chat, um, Sabitza for two. And I'll be throwing Scott to just get some type of positive. Yeah, and, I, and I think deservedly so in regards to this isolated performance, um, in regards to the clean sheet, um, I thought did well. So would you disagree with Rashford, Sabitza, McTominay? I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, and, yeah, Sabitza definitely is worth a shout because uh, he, he had a really positive contribution in the final 30. He's a footballer. When he gets forward, he looks good. I think um, – and, and I wonder if there's something in Fred not playing as regularly now. Has Ten Hag perhaps made a decision? Is something happening in the background with looking to make Sabitzer's move permanent and perhaps Fred gets moved on? Because Fred's got one year left on his contract and there's no talks of any renewal or contract negotiations. And I think if you look at the player, that they're like for like. I think Sabitzer's just a really obvious upgrade. Yeah, well, look, we're going to be having many of those discussions in regards to transfers. I've always made it clear for about the last year, and especially it's going to heat up in the coming weeks in regards to McTominay and Fred, which one's likely to go. I've always stand firm in terms of Manchester United looking at the situation and Eric Ten Hag. If I want to put money on it, I think they'll actually sort of opt to move Fred on over McTominay. I think the benefits and sort of will outweigh each other. There and in the, the home quota, I think that's um, something. Yeah, that I know, that, that's a thing. Wages, value, <laughs> age, everything, um, Brexit, how that's going to influence things. I think it's huge um, sort of ramifications there and huge sort of factors that will play a part. So um, there's the three, two, ones. Appreciate all that. Um, SJ, look, not, I don't disagree here, not in regards to points, but um, lastly, worth a mention, very hard as a substitute to come on in the first half. 
Uh, that, that's what I'd give him credit for. Very hard. Well, when you're not expecting to come on suddenly two minutes later, you bibs off your shirts on, you're on the pitch and have to get up to speed. It's very difficult. I don't think a lot of people sort of, uh, unless you've been in that position, unfortunately, if you have been on the bench and had to come on, it's very, very difficult. I think on the ball, and that's not to, again, th- this isn't a criticism, but at the moment, because Sabitza's a young, uh, sorry, Sabitza, Malassia is a young player. But at the moment, I think there's a clear drop off between Shaw and Malassia, at least with the ball. I think Shaw. I, I still think it's an underrated element of his game. I think Shaw technically is a really good player, and uh, I don't think he gets enough credit. Um, like if you look at the way Trent Alexander-Arnold crosses a ball from deep, like I understand it's aesthetically good to look at, but Luke Shaw, when he crosses, he's putting a ball right on the head. He's not crossing into an area. He's crossing for a body, and I think that you know it can't be understated how accurate he is with his delivery. So, uh, yeah, I think Shaw's a hell of a player. And look, Malasia did well under the circumstances, but I still think there's a bit of a drop-off. And I think that was quite visible in terms of United progressing the ball. Well, it'll be interesting. Maybe Malasia is forced to play this week because obviously Luke Shaw did come off with a little bit of injury. I haven't, obviously, I'm sure a lot of the quotes from Eric Ten Hag are floating around it as we speak. I haven't seen any. I'm sure he's doing his interviews now. But um, just you're guessing if a player has gone off injured in the first half, he won't be available in two days' time. And um, that will force Tyrone Malassia into the start in 11 against um, Everton, which is a huge game now, Larry, because ultimately here we are, good positivity. Manchester United beat Brentford. We're back into the top four. It will mean nothing if we drop points, not even lose. Um, just if we drop points, if we get a draw against Everton, it'll be all for nothing. So um, your thoughts leading into the weekend? <sighs> don't know. Everton, big game. And so soon, too. There's no time. Like, as a fan. This game was so soon after Newcastle. Yeah, it's it's criminal, to be honest. I think to ask players to back up that quickly is ridiculous. But as a fan, hey, I love it. I'm not complaining. Don't know. Does Martial finally start? I guess that's that's my question. He's being drip-fed into the team. Someone mentioned it in the comments yesterday. I can't remember who it was, but it was a good shout because uh, Martial didn't start, did he? And he came on in the 70th minute. So Ten Hag's taking his time with him. Yeah. That's for sure. Look, look, rewind the discussion from last night, two days ago, three days ago, in regards to should Martial start over Vegcourse? Will he start fitness-wise? Now we've had two games he's come off the bench. In regards to Everton at home, maybe if it was Everton away, it would change things. But Everton at home, I think and from memory, Anthony Martial has quite a good record against Everton. I think you, you, play, you start Anthony Martial and you... I thought Jaden Sancho was fine today. I thought sort of a solid six out of ten, nothing wrong, nothing sort of bad about his performance, but nothing sort of to write home about. So I think Marcus Rashford shifts back to the left-hand side and Anthony Martial through the middle. And um, Anthony is obviously in very good form. So in my opinion, the team pretty much picks itself. I think McTominay needs a bit to keep their spot. Maybe that's harsh on Fred potentially. But I think in regards to a clean sheet at home, you, you keep that Bruno Fernandes, obviously the robot he is, is going to play. Um, obviously, the issue at left back will be down to fitness, but um, I think the front three surely now, and, and not to be critical of Eric Ten Hag's decision today, it worked, and obviously maybe it's going to work in the long run in regards to easing Anthony Marshall back in. But um, this week at home to Everton, surely it's um, Marshall through the middle and Rashford back to the left. Marshall's got a good record against Everton, and uh, in terms of goal scoring, like he, he's he's got it, and he's always performed well. Even in the last performance, I think he came off in the twenty second minute, not before he gave Anthony a nice assist. I, I would like to see Martial start. I think United need to start playing better football earlier, and I think we need to start scoring goals early. And Everton are still desperate. They, you know, I think they've had some level of positive improvement under Sean Dyke, but. Overall, like they're still 
vulnerable in terms of the Premier League table. Um, they're not I'm out just, of a relegation scrap. So just some of the table now. They're in sixteenth, but they're tied with eighteenth. So yeah, they're, they're in and around. Well, even West Ham are fifteenth. They're in the relegation zone technically. They're tied with eighteenth, and they're fifteenth. They just got smacked. So the yeah. relegation battle. I love a relegation battle. But yes, uh, in terms of spice. between Palace in twelfth and twentieth is not big at all. Yeah, no, definitely. Look, and there's even a shout. Look, Southampton get two wins, which obviously they're not going to get two wins. But Southampton get two wins in the next two weeks, so suddenly they're going to shoot up the the table, which won't happen. But um, it is crazy watching that um end of the table. Who do you want to see go down in regards to the cynic and the the, the football fan in you? Um, who do you want to see go down? Um, Nottingham Forest because they spent money stupidly. Uh, after what Forest did in the transfer window, I think they deserve to go down. Yeah, I agree. Um. Leicester, I feel a bit sad for, if I'm being honest. I just think there's been mismanagement of players. I think they rested on their laurels a little bit. They, they obviously had the massive upset of the century when they won the Premier League. And they, they looked that they were competing in European positions for a good while there, weren't they, Tom? But just over the last well, few I years... I thought they dealt with winning the league quite well in regards. They didn't go too far. They didn't go sign all these world-class players. They obviously naturally had to let, let one or two players go. But I thought they handled that transition quite well. Ultimately, yeah, it hasn't resulted. Years, yeah. It hasn't resulted the way it wanted. So, um, maybe I was wrong in regards to my perception of how they did treat that. Um, well, they season. made a lot of signings that didn't work out, and uh, then they found themselves in a financial predicament, and, and that's why they haven't been able to invest into the squad. And they've now sacked their manager, who hasn't been able to get the, a tune out of sacking their manager. Larry, have you turned on Twitter? Do you know what's happening? Uh, yeah, Frank Lampard. I can't believe it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I don't know what to make of it. And it's look, I'm not saying... example of my ex is no good for me, but I'm taking her back anyway. I don't know what to say. Could you put it in the same category as if, let's say, you're a Ten Hagers fan, thank God he's not, bringing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer back for interim period? In regards to the interim period, was quite good. Like, yeah, is that kind of... It's interesting. I mean, as an interim, I kind of get it. I kind of yeah, get it. Yeah, that's what I mean. But it's, it's, yeah. It might be, it makes no sense, but I think, well, in the, if it's simply the interim, which I think it will be, obviously... It still makes no sense, but I can kind of, yeah, you can um, you can see where it turns around and maybe. PR is a hell of a thing. And if you're a Chelsea owner right now, you sucked Tuchel, you backed Potter, it didn't work out. You've now sucked Potter. How do you get the fans back on side? Bring back a club legend. You bring back club legend, but not the one that you sacked, not he sacked personally, but not the one that was sacked last year or two years ago, whenever that, it was. That's the PR spin. It's interim. Yeah. Is a club legend. He understands the club. He'll bring the feel-good factor back, all that nonsense. And But will he bring the feel-good factor back? I know he's a club legend, of course. He is. He like Solskjaer remains a huge legend. But in terms of will he? Like he'll need results to, to bring that back. Well, I mean, you can feel good and lose, I suppose. Mm. No, well, fingers crossed we're not in that position. But um, we have Sean Dyche and Everton on Saturday night here in Sydney. So as I said, if you are in Sydney, um, Scruffy Murphy's on Saturday night. Take advantage of a 9.30pm kickoff. That is the best time we do get on the other side of the world. Um, so definitely be taking advantage of that one. Come have a beer with us. And um, Larry, obviously, I don't know, Friday night pump, we'll do a preview, etc., and everything. And, um, just a good way to start our Thursday. Good way to start. Three points, clean sheet. And um, more importantly, potentially, um, back into the, those European places or the Champions League places. Yeah, absolutely. Tottenham couldn't take full advantage. Manchester United back where they belong. I'm looking forward to the Friday night plant, Tom. I want to talk all sorts of nonsense. I want to talk about football. I want to talk about Endeavour, and I know I know you know what I'm talking about there. Um, WWE and UFC under the same umbrella. That's why I like the Friday night pint. 
you get to talk about football and yet you can talk about anything else. So if you want to join us for a little bit of madness, join us tomorrow night, grab a drink, get in your hands and get involved because you will not be able to predict what might come up as a topic of discussion. UFC, there is a huge UFC for any, any MMA or UFC fans. There is a huge card on Sunday. I can't wait. I'm already booking my spot at the pub for that on Sunday lunchtime. But um, until then, enjoy the three points, everyone. Um, if you are happy with that, please do leave a like on the video. We very much appreciate it. If you are new, hit subscribe and hit that notification bell so you do join us next time we do go live and you can get all your thoughts in because we do always appreciate everyone's interaction. Um, and I'm going to have a bit of a scroll through Twitter and um, just enjoy and bask in some positivity. I'm sure there'll be negativity around to Harry McTominay because that's what Twitter is at the moment. But I'm going to try and find the positive glimpses in it and um, enjoy my day. So until then, have a good one, Larry. Have a good one, everyone in the chat. We'll chat to you soon. Cheers.